The System Save Me podcast shares how business owners navigate their way to success through processes, systems, and routines. Your host, Jordan Gill, is behind the scenes of top business owners who travel the world while earning six and seven figures a year. There's a method to the madness. It's called systems. So let's get down to business. Welcome to episode number 43, where we're going to be talking about the hiring process. I love hiring. And so there is no surprise that I'm super excited for this interview because this business owner is super legit. I'm talking super, super legit. Uh, So if this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a regular, fabulous. Either way, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes as we love hearing from our listeners. And if you don't want to miss out on the next episodes, be sure to subscribe or go to systemsaveme.com for show notes and freebies. Now let's dive in. Hey y'all, I'm so pumped to share this guest with you today. Lisa is just a super, super savvy business owner that I have the pleasure of knowing personally and professionally. Lisa, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. How are you doing, Jordan? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. So let's go ahead and start off by having you just shoot um, a couple details about you and your business. Easy, easy, easy. Well, over the last 10 years, um, we built up, my husband and I built up a multi-million dollar business in the brick and mortar space in fitness and wellness. And uh, about a year and a half ago, we des- I decided, actually, I should say on this one, <laughs> I decided to move into the online space and really take my knowledge of um, pricing, packaging, sales systems, and marketing, and turn this into an online program uh, and coaching center. Um, it's done so well that we actually sold all of our companies last year, which has been amazing oh, to yeah. give us this awesome nest egg. And uh, and now we're moving. I'm moving full force into uh, into the online space. Oh yeah, which I love, and I. If any of y'all listeners are service-based people, definitely y'all need to, to hone in to Lisa. Everyone can learn from what she's talking about today, um, but go and check out her website for sure, which we'll have in the show notes because she's got some incredible stuff. So anywho, uh, let's dive into the juicy stuff. So we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics and one of your favorite topics, and that is hiring. Uh, so go ahead and describe kind of what it was like maybe in one of your first few businesses where you didn't necessarily have a hiring system and you kind of had to, you know, start to realize you probably need something in place. You want the, can I give the real nitty gritty details? Yes. Get nitty. Okay. All right. So let me, let me be brutally honest. Um, my first brick and mortar business, um, I started and I knew I was building, um, a group of businesses. So one of the crucial things is that I was going to have to hire, right? Because I wasn't going to be on site at all of them. They were actually going to be scattered all over the country. My husband is active duty military. Um, he's got not only lots of deployments, but there's lots of shift in where he's going to be placed. And so I needed to have some real flexibility in our life. Mm-hmm. We open our first business. We hire a great manager. And alongside of her, we hire our first personal trainer and our first person who's going to really handle sales for us. And my first rude awakening was probably about three weeks after I'd hired my personal trainer. Now, he came to us with a killer resume. I mean, uh, background as an executive with Sony, um, had retired from there. I mean, really had everything going for him, stellar references. And about three weeks after this hire, 
one of his clients reached out to me and said, gosh, I just need to tell you, have you seen his YouTube channel? Now, that's never what, what he wants at, at, in any case. Right. Have you seen his YouTube channel? And I, I have to admit, I pictured a lot worse than it was. Okay, that's good. But it turned out he had a, a side hustle as a semi-professional wrestler. Now, semi-professional wrestlers in the state wow. of Mississippi, let me just tell you, <laughs> it is not exactly <laughs> what you have in mind when you think anything professional. So. Oh, gosh. After I got over the fact that he was diving off of things in costumes and unitards and there were girls in bikinis, you know, doing this. And he had a character that he posed as because it was like this. I took a deep breath and mm. thought this couldn't have been that bad. But it was followed up about three weeks later with a gentleman who had hired to do sales. Now, in my manager's, um, you know, fantastic uh, praise she had recognized early on that there might be something that wasn't quite right here with him. Right. And he came to us with stellar credentials again. I mean, the resume of your dreams, PhD mm -hmm. in exercise science, um, master's degree in exercise science. I mean, you name it, everything a resume told you it mm -hmm. should be. References mm -hmm. looked great. And she said, you know, I'm just going to put the, some keystroke software on just because I'm just concerned. I've got a few things that I'm seeing that make me think someone is using the computer in a way they shouldn't be. So sure enough, she goes on vacation. Two or three days into the vacation, we get the call. The computer is totally down. The biggest problem being that this computer operates not only um, our systems for uh, people to check in and do things like that, but it actually handled our door operations. So if we were oh closed and someone wanted to enter in the middle of the night, when they would click their key outside, it would connect to this computer and open the door for them. So sure enough, we immediately rush a technician in there and uh, he calls and he says, you know, I, I can't see all of the data because someone's wiped the computer clean. And I was like, well, would the virus have done that? No, 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 no. And I said, well, can you look? Because my manager happened to install keystroke software. And sure enough, keystroke software pulls up. We realized our manager, or our sales manager in this case, was using our computer for a really interesting pornography habit. Unbelievable. And, uh, it was one of those, like, you know, you have these rude awakenings because you think I've gotten a resume. It is right. check, check the box blank. It is perfect. Every single aspect references are stellar, but these were two hires back to back that proved that I needed more than a resume and I needed more than good references. I needed to know if this was truly the right fit. And because it was a small business, I didn't have enough staff. Right. to warrant having even one bad egg. Totally. Every person really had to hold their own. So so that was my uh, that was my start of uh, Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and that <laughs> is <laughs> That's why I had to make sure nitty gritty was okay. Yes, nitty gritty is okay. Oh my goodness. I like I could not even imagine either of those scenarios just being like what is even going on in the life? Like especially when you yeah, check references and, and do all that stuff. And then, oh my goodness, that's, that's just insane. <laughs> so good learning experience. Yes. Yes. Bad weeks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. 
so then what finally drove you to put, to put a process in place is obviously doing the resume checks and references weren't working. So then um, how did you kind of start to put the steps together? Were you researching? Were you asking around? What did that yeah. kind of look like? You know, so it's interesting. I mean, this process really took probably about a, a two and a half year window mm-hmm. that we were starting to, to dig in. And, and it started that we, we got better right away just in terms of what kinds of questions we were asking. But as I started opening more and more locations, and as we started buying failing businesses and revamping them, it became clear that it wasn't enough just to write, ask the right questions. That helped. It made it 50% better because you dug in. And I still remember I sat down with one of our best friends, and and he's a selection expert. So he works um, on behalf of a about 20 plus NFL teams, uh, and then alongside number of different special operations units within the military, literally going in and providing the psychological and behavioral selection uh, as to whether or not someone is a good fit. And over dinner and grounds around the fire pit and just laying around our, 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 our living room, you know, John and I spent more and more time talking about what it really took to hire right. And and the one thing that it, it came back to that we were clear on, both of us, is that bigger companies, the Googles of the world, um, the Microsofts of the world, they had developed amazing hiring processes. A lot of them based mm-hmm. off of things that had been done within the military and people like the NFL. They were using hardcore behavioral analysis. They were testing people out, but they could afford to have six to nine month windows to actually choose what an expert was. In my mm-hmm. case, I needed two to four week long windows. And so we started sitting down and analyzing what could we adapt from those processes? Because John had this great background in these large scale. I had this great background in small business. And and what really merged in the end was a a really cohesive system that that we put into place just a couple of years ago. And and since that system has been in place, you know, I'm happy to say that not only have we gotten the best hires of our life, but consistently the business has grown significantly because we have put into place the right hires. And Mm -hmm. they weren't just right on paper and they weren't just right because of their skill set. They were really right because they had the attitude that matched our company um, and the, the drive that met our own drive, which I think is is probably the number one thing you have to have in a hire. Oh, I, I totally agree. Having the, the drive and that self-starter kind of attitude, those are the, those are the people that I, I definitely like to work with for sure. Uh, so go ahead and walk us through the steps um, of this process that you do for hiring uh, so that we can kind of really dive into the, the, the details. Easy, easy, easy. Well, I, I think, you know, step number one sounds, you know, kind of silly when I, when you say it out there, but I think it's a crucial one to understand is that before you go into hiring, you got to have a CEO mindset that's real and clear. Um, I think so oftentimes we go into hiring and there's a, you know, there's a warmth and an excitement and, um, and those are wonderful things to have as you're going through, but you have to understand that that right now your job um, is to select 
and refuse. You got to select the right people and refuse the rest of them. And that doesn't always mean that you're going to have that opportunity um, to have that warm, loving personality, especially if that's your norm. That is for me. Um, it means that you know you're thinking as a leader a hundred percent of the time, um, and that you're understanding that every aspect of who you're going to place under you matters. Now, the second thing is, is that, you know, it's got to have, you need to have a clear responsibility map before you ever make a hire. And it's something that we've done within every single one of our businesses. It's, it's a literally an understanding, not of the specific roles you need, but of the specific responsibilities that need to be filled. There's realistically four of these, you know, you're going to have people who generate revenue for your roles that generate revenue for you, responsibilities. And these can be um, things like marketing. These can be things like sales. This might be the person who builds your webinar for you or who crafts your Facebook ad or who puts that out there. Um, you're going to have people who literally service clients. Now, that might be you if you're the person who's creating an online course. It might be um, coaches that are underneath you if you have some type of coaching service. If you're a graphic designer, it could be every designer that works with you or developer. You've got customer service responsibilities. You know, there's people that are going to be answering your emails, that are going to be responding to uh, someone who reaches in your Facebook page, um, who are going to be taking uh, calls when you're in your launch period. And then you've got the back of house responsibilities, which is things like your bookkeeper, uh, your accountant, your attorney, you know, those roles that, um, as my husband likes to say, can put you in jail. <laughs> Right. Nice. <laughs> I'm a lawyer husband. I love it. So, yes. so that stay out of jail roles. And, you know, these are the roles that make up and responsibilities that make up a healthy business. And I'm not talking about a hobby. I'm not even actually, I mean, I even say, I'm not even talking about that single business. I'm talking about, you know, wanting to build something that literally goes beyond you and that ultimately is a saleable corporation. Because that's my goal in the end with every business that I start is that, you know, this is something that wonderful, I'm going to throw my all in all into it. But I ultimately want to know that if I chose to walk away, I'm going to have the opportunity to walk away with significant profits and uh, upside to that in the end. So once I've got that responsibility map, then it comes down to really understanding what compensation plan needs to come next. And I think that, you know, it's one of these things that most people go pretty quickly and they say, I'm either going to pay by the hour, by the project, or you're going to get some kind of set monthly salary. Yep. And those are all valuable places. And frankly, they all have their roles. You know, when you're dealing with independent contractors um, who might only be working with you a portion of the time, super important to understand that when you're dealing with uh, a role that, for instance, is a, you know, a project manager or a customer service based role, it makes sense to pay a salary within on those as you go through. But at some point, you're probably going to find yourself with the opportunity to hire someone where you want to make sure that they get a little piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. And that's when you need to understand that there are compensation plans that you can layer on that might have commissions based on net revenue. So based on the literal profits that your business is making that are actually take home, not the gross profits, but like this is how much our bank account grew this month. 
Um, There are those that you can base it off of net revenue. You can do balloon bonuses. You can do really cool tiered commission-based hiring processes and, and compensation plans within this. And all of those things can add up to drawing the right fit on board. And and they're probably going to come and play more and more as your business grows to a point where you really want to have an executive team. Um, That sounds like a crazy, unrealistic thing. I think I thought it was unrealistic. And I hear that so often from people. But it's wild that when your business starts to grow quickly, what can turn around and happen in the process? So at that point, we actually get into the hiring. I mean, you know, but yeah. those are the steps that have to come before it, because if you don't have those, trust me, you will, you will be almost struck the first time someone says, what are you going to pay me? Which, which is going to be one of their first questions. Oh yeah. That's so first and biggest thing, you know, you heard me mention, I believe attitude comes before just about anything else. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we really work primarily on a task based hiring system. And so, you know, the first thing that we're going to do is craft a a really remarkable um, job description. And I'm really detailed and I do not put in anything sweet or sappy to this job description. I mean, I want people to have the real deal understanding. These are things that you really want. These are things that you really need to have. I'm funny within it because we have a pretty lighthearted company. And so it's got to have a sense of humor that goes through. So if you read that, you know that we don't take life super seriously. Um, But the most important thing I do in there is I give them really specific instructions on how they're going to submit their resume. And it's the first step in what I call our task-based hiring process. Um, As soon as they submit their resume, um, they're going to receive an an email back. And that email back is going to give them some really detailed action steps that they need to take. Now, based on whether or not those action steps are completed, um, it really allows us to weed out our first round of people and move to that next round of people. And it's that automatic culling process that lets us continually remove people without having to do anything. Because I think the worst Mm. thing you can do is have a stack of 200 resumes sitting in front of you and be like, where do I even start? You can people call themselves and they will naturally do that. Mm. Now, when I go into that resume, when I go into the the interview process, and then that's really kind of where we have that next step, we actually have, you know, three interviews that people go through. The first one is just a short 15-minute interview. It's always done over the phone, whether this is a brick-and-mortar facility or this is something that's online. And it is just a quick um, scanning of the person to see how they read in an interview overall. And at that point, we immediately afterwards um, reach out with an email and we assign an additional series of tasks. Um, It's the second round where we're going to call. And we pretty much assume that most people, even if they bomb that first interview, I'm still going to send those tasks out to them because I have had some people who were terrified. They were nervous wrecks. And you know what? They just needed to be walked through the process. They've turned out to be phenomenal employees. So don't write someone off for that first interview. Mm-hmm. Watch what their actions say as much as their words within this. Totally. Now, as I go through these next few tasks, that lets us make that second cut. 
Um, at that point, if they're still proceeding forward, we move right on into the peer-based interview. And peer-based interviews are one of the most underrated and underutilized things within the entire hiring system. And I sit down with so many businesses and they don't talk about this at all and don't even consider this being a part of it. But when you put someone who is not the boss on the, the other end of the line and you say, I want you to go on ahead and say, uh, and talk to them, just get a feel. And, and when we treat this, we treat this as though this isn't just, um, this isn't just them being interviewed, the prospect being interviewed. This is the prospect <clears throat> interviewing and learning more about us. Right. You know, this is a chance to talk to someone that really works for us. You know, are we awful to work for? Are we the best <laughs> to work for? You know, what is it like first thing in the morning? And so when we set this person up who's going to have that interview, you know, they take the time to really engage, to really sit down and take part with them. And and normally the biggest reason someone will not move forward that is a stellar candidate is based on this interview. It's funny because I, mm-hmm. I sometimes fill in for a peer-based interview for, for private clients of, our, of ours where I'll pop on and I'll, I'll never forget there was one woman who had everything had been stellar that she had presented. Um, she'd given interview after interview. She was the top choice. Um, resume was flawless. And she got on with me. And this was actually reversed because I was out of town. I would reflip this with the, the final, uh, the final interview. So the final mm-hmm. interview had taken place. They just needed this one to confirm. Right. And while she was on with me, she's screaming at her husband. What? She's talking about how she really just is using this because she wants to open her own business and this is going to get the in between and she'll learn a lot from it. So it'll be great when she opens it and just what is happening? Blown. <laughs> like, I'm on the other end. And of course she thinks she's going to be my manager for less. I mean, there's no concept. And and what we find is that, you know, that level of openness that you think no one in their right mind would ever behave that way. It's shocking, but it happens. And so it opens the doors to who that person really is. And even more importantly than that, it gives your team because if you already have a team, you're building, um, you're building a family. I mean, it's really what it looks like. And it makes sure that team says, I have some ownership in building this family. My voice is heard as this goes forward. You really appreciate me enough that you're saying that you believe that I have something to validate in this process. And I found that Mm -hmm. that did more for my team than just about anything else. And so it was amazing that this process impacted things so far beyond just hiring the right person. Now, the final thing is that we do a board-based interview. And in this board-based interview, it's really simple. All I do is bring forward um, two to three people alongside myself who have that great backgrounds um, in various things, not normally at all in what we're doing, but I know they're talented business owners. I know they're talented leaders. I know that they're talented at what they do and they get things done. And we have a simple series of questions that we ask. Um, everyone knows we're going to ask the same questions on, on each of the board interviews that we do. And then we simply rank people between one and five. Um, no one gets to see those rankings and, and it's, it's just a numbers game at the end. The person with the highest ranking um, is, the first, is the first choice. So that's the overall process in itself. Um, 
and we can certainly dive deeper into some parts of it. Yeah, no, I love, love that. Um, and I think what I liked a lot and haven't considered either is the peer-based interview. I know that whenever I interviewed at other companies, you know, bigger companies, uh, they had this, but I never thought to bring it into my own hiring process. So that was really, really awesome. Um, are there uh, some specific questions that you want to share either that you ask your peer-based folks to do or like your team or that you do um, throughout the process that you've gotten some really great answers that were like, okay, I clearly can tell you are not a fit. Or you can say, okay, they nailed that and they understand and they have the attitude that I want. Absolutely. So I've got a couple for you on this. And, and a lot of them are, some are going to be very behavioral based and some are going to, well, they're really all in many ways, behavioral based questions. So in other words, not just yes or no, but in this situation, um, even though some of them don't fit that exact bill. Gotcha. I mean, so the first and most important question that I think most people forget to ask, and it's like the most basic is, you know, this job requires you to be available during these times on these days. Does this actually fit your schedule? You know, yeah. it's funny because, you know, we, we, we have this natural assumption um, but I, I can't tell you how many people, and especially when we talk about this online world, because oftentimes we're, we're not necessarily starting with a full team. We're starting with um, a series of independent contractors. But if you know that you meet with your team every single Monday and this person is, is working and unavailable on Mondays, that's probably either going to radically change what your current processes are and current systems, or it's not the right fit. Mm. And, and it's that clear understanding, you know, is this person going to be able to service the most basic of needs? Um, you know, the second thing that I like really asking, and I guess I go into several questions on this, is that, you know, what's the most important knowledge base you're going to need to make this happen? You know, um, so for instance, let's just say that I am I'm hiring a, a new virtual assistant Um who is going to be handling my landing pages, my um, anything to do with my launch. You know, right. I want them to consider where are they going to go before they head to me? You know, do they have a network of friends? Do they have a, a, an amazing Facebook group of virtual assistants that they're going to pull knowledge from? Um, are they going to go to Google? It's the biggest knowledge base that we have these days. And it's probably one of the biggest ones I'm looking for someone to say. Um, are they a member of a professional organization um, that they can turn to to provide assistance? Are they thinking mm. already that, hey, if I've got a lead pages issue, I know I can get on chat with lead pages um, and I'd head straight to them first. And what I'm really yes. looking for is, is how does their brain work when they're faced with something that they don't necessarily know how to respond to? Um, I think that that's such an important um, such an important thing to grasp and understand is, is that you're going to give them something at some point that they won't know exactly how to do. Yep. And if the answer is always, I'm coming back to you, it's the wrong answer. Totally. <laughs> you got to get more creative than that. Um, now in line with that, you know, I really like to find out, you know, what they're using for current personal growth. So, you know, hmm. what are your favorite podcasts? Who are your favorite writers? What are you following on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis that is growing you personally and professionally? 
And, you know, this tells me a lot is when I, I see people who stop and I realize that that look that they have on their face or that, um, that, that, you know, hesitation in their voice is I really don't. It's saying to me that this is someone who isn't really going to be able to keep up with my business, which is pretty fast paced. Yeah. You know, I expect that someone's going to be on top of certain things and it might be as simple as they're on top of a journal that's coming out that's in their specific industry. Um, maybe they have two podcasts that they don't listen to all the time, but you know, when they go for walks, they turn them on and they, they can tell me and give me some basic ideas. Um, it tells me that they're, they're up to speed with what's happening in the world that not only are we living in, but we're doing business in and that they're interested in moving things onward to the next level. Um, I just feel like that, um, that drive to improve yourself um, and to, to, to continually better yourself is probably a pretty good indicator that they're going to be driven to improve your business as well. Mm. So, um, you know, those are kind of semi-behavioral, but we'll go through. Now, these are some more um, truly behavioral questions. You know, um, I, I want to hear about times when um, they faced a really significant challenge and they weren't able to follow through on it. Um, don't tell me about facing a significant challenge and following through. Everybody's got those. Right. Tell me about you couldn't follow through. Right. Um, you know, what was your role in it? You know, was it, uh, was this something that was a bigger team based issue? Um, is this something that if you were the manager of your team, that was your responsibility. I want to make sure you're owning that responsibility when you answer that question. Um, you know, when, you look and see back and you look back at those steps. What were the steps that you missed? How would you do that differently? You know, I, I want to know where their role fit in, especially if it's any, as I said, management level position, um, whether it's a project manager, a launch manager, or just somebody who is going to be overseeing people within your business. Do they own their responsibilities oh, or are they yes. shirking them off onto others? You know, how does that look within this? Um, you know, big things, um, you know, when you get a new project, how do you prioritize where to start? How do you lay that mm. out? I, I want to hear just literally like what goes on in your brain. Um, you know, we all have a way of breaking things down differently. Um, most important part of this is, is just knowing does the way that they choose to break down projects fit in with the way that your overall team breaks down projects? Does it even matter in their role? It may not, especially if they're very independent. Um, but you're going to want to be clear on this because, you know, where, where most failures happen is this ability to prioritize things within a project and ability to understand. And, and that's one other place that you can really talk to people on is also, um, you know, what do you, um, how do you know, uh, what is the number one priority before you right now? You know, and that's, that's one that, um, you know, really simple that you can honestly say it comes down to communication. You, you, you gotta have asked, you know, is this, is this, is this the number one thing? You know, it's going to be because you've, your, your boss has said, this is the number one priority. You've heard it loud and clear. It's going to be because you're talking to people and you're staying up and you're saying, is this still where I need to be focused? Is this exactly where you want my time right now? And you're clear with where your company is going and moving rapidly. 
Um, because the honor, the reality is, is the smaller the business you have, the faster your role is going to move. Yep. It's in the bureaucracies that you can have a pretty slow moving role, but it doesn't work that way in smaller businesses. No, it does not. <laughs> so yeah, I love when you talked about ownership because that's a huge thing that I look for too, is just, are you going to own up to it? And I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to own up to when I mess up or when I mess up because it's, it's going to happen. Um, and so, yeah, I, I always am looking for people that will, are not afraid to say, Hey, actually it was on me. Like it was legitimately on me. Um, mistakes. Yeah, we all, we all do. So, you know, there's no need to just find a, a rabbit hole to like, throw, you know, throw me in and just say, yeah, yeah, it was that thing over there. It's like, no, just <laughs> let's just cut to the chase, you know? So, so I love that you, that you brought that up as well. So no, that was, those questions are really helpful. And I, I definitely saw some ones that I, I want to add to my arsenal. Um, and so uh, we're going to get into our last few questions. Uh, and so what was your best financial investment in business? Oh my goodness. Um, gosh. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll give you a, a couple quickly. Um, so first best financial investment was honestly all of the work that I did before, um, before I started my businesses. And so it was the fact that I, I took some roles that probably, um, especially in college that probably didn't pay as well, but taught me lessons, um, that I, I, treasure. You know, we sometimes underestimate the value of almost an internship period or an apprenticeship period. And yet, um, that, which is a, is a financial detriment at the time can be what really guides you forward. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the second and third, you know, within, well, it's really the, and they're, they're one and the same, um, has been investing in bringing on experts that have already gone to where I want to go. Um, you know, when we worked in our online business, I brought on James Wedmore. I worked with him privately for a year and a half. One of the best investments I ever made. Uh, it was one of those things that when somebody said, are you crazy? You're spending all of this money. You haven't even started a business yet. And I said, but you know, in a traditional business, which is what I'd come out of, um, you know, in brick and mortar, you invested hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars before you ever saw a dime of revenue come in. Yep. That was the infrastructure that came into it. So I think hiring someone who truly is an expert at that um, is enormous. And, and I would say in today's day and age, um, if there's one role that I would advise most people to invest in is, is having that person who truly understands your marketing and sales funnels and investing in them. Hmm. Um, so that, that, that is going to be the one thing. People can help you build content all day long. They can help you do so many other things. But the one thing that will allow your business to succeed more than anything else is anything that funnels revenue through your door. Yeah, I, I think that's super, super key. And yeah, it's, it is always interesting when people, you know, judge where your money is going and they don't realize that they themselves have spent money on lots of, you know, stuff that probably is even more than you're spending on a coach or, or a mentor or stuff like that. And, um, you know, it's, it really is crucial if you want to, 
you know, stay profitable and stay consistent and sustainable because people don't, you know, those consistency and sustainable aren't words that you necessarily see a whole lot of um, in our online industry. It's like, what's the next big thing? What's the next big launch? What's the next big um, thing? And it, it, it always is fascinating to me to see the people that have, you know, stayed consistent throughout, you know, our industry. And James Webborn is definitely somebody that, you know, I've seen stay consistent. And um, so I, I think, you know, he obviously is an amazing mentor. And, um, and so I think it's good that you brought you brought that up as one of your best financial investments. because I definitely agree. Uh, and what was your worst financial investment in business? So, you know, it's interesting when I was starting, I'm going to go ahead and I, I will go back to this online business section of this. And, and one of the things when I was starting out and I was so insistent of it were things that I had to have early on. Mm-hmm. And, and it came down to the fact that one thing that I, and it's funny is in all my other businesses, this was, I was hyper-focused on revenue first. That's what I worried about. I didn't worry about anything else, but on this one, it was my brand and it was representing me. So all of these things had to be right in my mind. And mm. so I spent a bunch of money on a website that took, it's beautiful, but it took seven months or so to actually get done. When I could have just hired somebody quickly for Squarespace and gotten something up and running for a fraction of the cost. Yeah. I had someone tell me I desperately needed SEO rankings. Oh, and because I wasn't really well invested in like understanding SEO from a online business perspective. I spent a boatload of money on working on SEO and nothing came of it. Um, you know, and, and when it came down to it, it was everything early on mm. that didn't have a direct correlation to my revenue. I didn't care. And I have to be honest with you. I mean, this is going to sound brutal as I say this, but I mean, I didn't care that my website was on, you know, number eight of the first page. I cared that people were investing money into me so that I could right. grow a business. Um, people have complimented me left and right on my website. I love it. I love my designer. I think it's beautiful. It's one of those things. But within six months of finishing it, I had 25 things I needed to change. And mm-hmm. I hadn't really smartly um, picked a platform that allowed me to easily edit, easily alter, um, and easily, you know, make significant um, tweaks to a business that was rapidly going to grow. So, you know, if I was going to look back, I would have started my website on Squarespace or something of the like, Squarespace or Show It, um, one of these types of things that really has beautiful designs, it's low cost to go into, and it offers a lot of flexibility. Um, I would have, you know, invested immediately in marketing funnels and Facebook ads and put all of my money there. And I would have not listened to the people who said, you have to have years of, you have to have a year of content. You have to have six months of content before you do anything. Eventually I just bit the bullet. Um, you know, I was holding off from the website and I just, you know, ignored what everybody said. And I just started having webinars and selling things. And, and what it did was, you know, build a huge first year for us, um, that, you know, shocked everybody, um, in terms of what it was, but it's because we started ignoring all of that. 
but those were my financial decisions that I wish I could take back. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. Well, this has been awesome. Uh, where can people find you online, website, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you are and want people to find you? Easy. So um, we have a podcast that goes out on Ready, Aim, Empire. Um, as you said earlier, it's mainly for service-based businesses, but we really detail out um, a lot of aspects of our business and, and go into pretty heavy detail with that. Um, you can find recaps of that at our website, lisekeeker.com. That's L-I-S-E-K-U-E-C-K-E-R.com. And um, you can certainly find me on Facebook and Instagram at lisekeeker as well. And because I have a horrible last name, and I mean horrible with a lot of love, because I adore my Norwegian husband, I hope you will please put that in there. <laughs> yes. Okay, thank you. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then I know that you also have a really awesome freebie um, that uh, talks about interview questions and all that stuff. So where can people or how can people get get a hold of that? Mm, that is a great question. How about I give you a link for that that's yeah. specific for you and I'll let you drop that right on in the notes so that people can grab a hold of it. Perfect. Yeah. So it'll be in the show notes and you guys will definitely want to grab that for sure. So definitely go into the show notes, check it out for yourself um, and whatnot. So thank you so much, Lisa, for being on the podcast. It really was such an honor and fun and people are going to get so much from this episode. Um, it's really, really golden. Thanks so much, Jordan. It was a blast. Thanks for listening to System Save Me. If you want to get the links to anything we talked about, go to systemsaveme.com. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you on the next episode.